The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work. And it's an extension of of the meaning and work research I've been doing over the last decade or so. It's also a compliment to the work I get to do at Insignium, which is a global management firm. I'll get to the program in just a moment, but let me say thank you to my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. If you don't know them, they are the leading locally focused job board in the nation, and they are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard while giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Great partnership. Thank you, Jobbing.com. For this week's conversation, with me is Estefania Cuki Villafuerte, who is the founder of Senorita. Senorita is a solidarity project comprised of girls helping other girls succeed, specifically by raising money through the sale of jewelry to fund the education of Peruvian girls living in orphanages. Cuki herself is originally from Peru and lends her previous experience creating a successful company offering decadent cupcakes and also many years of volunteer experience to this social entrepreneurial venture. She joins us today from Dallas, Texas. Cuki, it's great to have you with me. Welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you so much, Alice. It's my pleasure to be in your show and thank you so much for inviting me. You are welcome. I'm really, really excited to get to share with our listeners what you're working on, Cookie. You know I'm a fan, and I really think it's really important work. So I want to be able to have a nice conversation to learn more about what it is you're up to. Yeah, of course. Um, thank you so much for the interest on, on the project. Well, um, the project, like you mentioned, is Senorita, which, is, which means in English, uh, young girl. Uh, basically, like the name says, those are the our target that we are helping young girls uh, that are living in orphanage. Um, so what we do, we sell jewelry online to obtain funds to pay for a full scholarship. That way they will be able to obtain a skill and get higher education when they uh, graduate from high school. Which is amazing, and I know we're going to talk more a little bit later here about just really what's behind that, but I just wanted to first give our listeners a chance to get some some context as to what it is that you're up to. Um, so we'll get more into detail about the actual project here a little bit later. But before we get into that, if you would, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, Cookie? I know you've you had a background before you've, you you joined or you actually founded this this um, this project, and I'd like to be able to share with our listeners a bit about your education, where you grew up, your previous business adventure, stuff like that. Yeah, of course, I would love to. Well, yeah, I was born and raised in Peru, and I moved to the states when I was fourteen. So I had the great opportunity to go to high school, college, and university here in, in the Dallas area. So once I graduated from college, I always um, felt like the need to go back to my country and have the experience of living there for a couple of years. Because it's very different when you go on vacation when you actually live there. So I decided to take that big step. It was going to be very challenging, but um, that was something that was always in my heart. So that's when I decided to move back, and uh, I had the opportunity to to open my own my own business. That's something I always wanted to do. So I decided to open a cupcake shop, which is called a cupcake factory. The cupcake so, factory, uh, you're was, saying? Okay. Yeah, that's the name of the cupcake shop. Okay. So it was it was a great experience. I learned a lot about business. I learned a lot about myself, about the things that I enjoy doing. And uh, while I was living in Peru and running the business at the same time, I was invited to do a community service with um, 
with a member of my family, my aunt, my mom's sister. So I decided to go, and it was actually we were going to an orphanage to just uh, to take some gifts for Christmas. It was Christmas time. And as soon as I crossed the door, I just see so many kids, girls and boys, running all over with a very happy uh, face. And they were just all coming here to welcome us, you know, to welcome us. And we just had, like, one of the best time of my life. It was just, you can see, like, how they don't have much. However, they do have a lot when it comes to, like, you know, where do they get their happiness from? Like, it was just such a great experience to be to be there and share with them. And that was something new to me. So I, after that day, I knew it was not going to be just my first visiting. It was not going to be definitely my last visit. So that's how everything started on that day. Okay. I got a few follow-up questions I got to ask you. Of course, you know, that's my job is lots of questions. Of course. Um, <laughs> what did you study in college? I studied finance. Finance. Fantastic. Okay. Yes. I studied um, at the University of Texas in Dallas. And why finance? Was that an interest? Did you just think it was going to serve you well in life or business or why finance? That's a really good question. Um, after I graduated, I realized that that was not for me. I guess that happens often, right? right after yes, it does. <laughs> it does. So to be honest, the reason why I studied finance is because all the people around me, that's where mostly, most of them were studying. Either they were studying oh. to be a business major, accounting, finance. And right at, back then, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do in life. But I knew that I had to study something. So that was an easy pick for me. And after three years, I really knew that was not really my passion. But I was already involved. And I was paying college myself. So I couldn't really afford to make a change or to drop any classes. So I decided to continue and finish. And that's how I got my finance degree. That's amazing, Kuki. Amazing. You know, let's let's go ahead and talk about that really quick. How did you get the nickname Kuki? <laughs> well, that's, uh, I have two siblings. I have two sisters with three girls total. And my name is Estefania. It means Stephanie in Spanish. Right. But it's a pretty yeah. long name for for little girls to pronounce. Yeah. So my my older sister will always call me like different things. And my mom will always say, well, the most acceptable one was Cookie. And I don't know where she get that from. Maybe from a TV book. And everybody started coming Cookie because they thought it was very sweet. Mm-hmm. And here you are. And you, voila. You, you opened a cupcake factory. Yes. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, uh-huh. Okay, well, the, the next thing I want to ask you about, and I really applaud and appreciate the fact that you, you grew up in Peru. You, you come to the United States when you were 14, and you spent many years here studying and such, and then you went back to your home country. I think a lot of people don't really understand just what it takes to be able to move different countries. I, I know for me, from being from Oregon originally and having the chance to live in Spain and then having the chance to live in Brazil and then coming back to the States, it's such an enormous way to enrich your life and get a different perspective um, on the world and yourself when you live in a different country. So I'd love to understand, how did you come to live in the United States when you were 14? Well, that was not something that we choose to. My parents, um, they decided to come here to get better opportunities. So we were, they were actually came first, and they left us with our grandparents. So I actually lived with my grandparents for a year after my parents would be able to be stable here and bring us here. Okay. So it was, a, it was very challenging because it was a new culture, new mm-hmm. language, and just a completely new different lifestyle that we didn't even know. So definitely, it took me at least really good seven months to say to myself, okay, this is where you're going to be. You better just enjoy it because you're not going anywhere else. So it was very challenging to leave family, friends, uh, and your culture. Mm-hmm. But now that I see it back then, it was definitely worth it. But once you're a young girl, you don't realize all the, all the benefits of living on this, on this amazing country. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate the the learning and the the challenge of coming into that new place. So, and, and maybe I'm wondering. Here's here's my the next thing I want to understand. Maybe this is related. Maybe it isn't. But I do want to understand your connection and commitment to education for girls in Peru. I don't know if it's related to your own experience or the orphanage experience that you had in terms of your your volunteership. But why is this so important to you? Well, yeah, definitely it relates to my own experience, like um, growing up in a in a different culture. 
uh, with the challenges that are going to be facing, uh, having an education really helped me to overcome a lot of things when it comes to myself. It gave me more confidence, you know. It helped me to make uh, wiser decisions. It actually helped me to turn out my dreams into reality. That's why one of the things that I, I, I really appreciate about my education. And it made me self-dependent. So I was able to get all of this, even though I was very, all these great things, and I just really think it's very important for other girls to, to get that type of freedom, if you want to call it that way, and by giving them education. Mm-hmm. Now, specifically, and I, I guess I want to understand, too, you're, you're specifically helping the girls in orphanages. And so why, why, so we're talking education and girls in orphanages. So there's, that's a very specific niche. Is it because of mm-hmm. that previous experience that you had in volunteering or I something think else? It definitely have to do with also, like, like um, well, my parents are divorced. So going through college with a, if you, a broken home, it was really very challenging. So when I get to work with the, uh, the girls who live in the orphanage, I would imagine, like, if I had a lot of blessings and I still have a really hard time finishing school, supporting system, um, the money, you know, be able to talk to somebody about your good grades, bad grades, I, it was very challenging for me. I was like, I can imagine how hard it will be for you to, to go through, to, to college or uh, to have a career and not even have that support. You don't have family. You don't have the economic uh, resources. So I was just like, this is, this is a place. Because that's something that I can identify with when it comes to being a woman and just uh, the power of having education, how it will impact your life. So I, mm. I kind of see it from that perspective. I'm glad I asked that question, Cookie. You know, I can't help myself, right? You know that I'm a meaning and work researcher, and I have been investigating how people experience work and find meaning in it for well over a decade. And I just really find it fascinating that you have been able to create this project here um, that's really based on the fact that you have this experience of being a divorced, uh, the, the, the product of a divorced family, and that you, of course, connect with the, in which which you then connect to the orphanage um, experience. Um, and that if you recognize how important education has been to create the life that you have for yourself. I just think that the way that you put that all together is is pretty, pretty impressive. Thank you. So along that line, one of the other things that I'm curious about, and we talked a little bit about this when we first met, but I, I would, this is an, obviously a, a truly a, an important cause for you. You're out there really working hard to make this solidarity project work. Um, and I and I know that you really want it to be something that you're very much present for and have an impact on a, a lot of a lot of girls. And so, what I'd like to understand is, what would it be like for you to live your life if you did not address this issue? That's a really good question. And um, um, what if Senorita wouldn't be in my life? I think I would would have find another cause or something, because I truly believe like. Every single person is born with a gift. And our gift is not just for ourselves. It's actually to share with, with the world, with other people, you know? So definitely I think if it wouldn't be Senorita helping girls to get scholarships, maybe it would be another cause. But we'll be definitely, like, contributing to the community to make a better place. Mm. Well, I, I, you know, if, I, if you don't mind me saying, do you mind me saying how old you are? Yeah, of course. I'm 28. 28. So really, you know, Kuki, that's amazing. You're 28 years old. You have that kind of a vision. You have that kind of understanding that you have the ability to really greatly impact um, the world around you at large, I think is is um, pretty unusual for anyone and certainly somebody your age. Mm, thank you. Thank you, Alice. I just, um, um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I just it's deeply in, in my heart and uh, and and that's, that's just I need that I need that I have to do every when I wake up it's a need and uh, and I surround myself with people that kind of have the same desire so I guess it's contagious so it's, mm. it's very contagious. You, let me talk about that really quick. That's so important for our listeners to be able to hear that. So you are out there. You're blazing a pretty. You know, a pretty intense trail. It's not at all easy to start something from from scratch, and you've done that literally. Right. 
And so yeah. it's, I think your association is really important to be able to be around other people who can continue to cheer you on, help you wherever they can, leverage spheres of influence, give you new ideas, support you in whatever ways they can, economically, I, you know, in terms of ideas, et cetera. Uh-huh. So I, I think that is so important for our listeners to understand that when you're out there doing something like you're doing, a bigger cause than yourself, you obviously can't do it by yourself. Correct. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, and that was one of the actually hardest, uh, hardest steps to, to take because I'm so used to doing everything on my own. I always believe like uh, what I have to offer it was like it was, it was enough to, to, to do things. And with this project, it really helped me to realize that uh, there are so many people over there that have gifts. And if they add a gift to the project, the project has no limits. It can be limitless. So that's why uh, Senorita is not about, it's not my project, it's actually the project for many people. There's a lot of, uh, we have volunteers, we have people that uh, give their gifts to make uh, this a better project, so that way it can be more effective and we can help more girls out there. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely getting to know more about myself and sharing, continuously sharing the project and to, 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 to grow. And we're going to talk more in detail about how it is that you actually do what you do. But it, it is time already for our first break, Kuki. I'm your mm-hmm. host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Estefania. I mean, let me make sure I'm saying that right. Estefania, right? Yes, correct. Estefania, Estefania Kuki Velafuerte, who is the founder of Senorita. Senorita is a solidarity project comprised of girls helping other girls succeed, specifically by raising money through the sale of jewelry to fund the education of Peruvian girls living in orphanages. We've been talking a little bit about her earlier background and how she got into to found this organization. After the break, we're going to learn more about some of the issues she's really trying to address there in Peru. Stay with us. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Estefania Cookie Villafuerte, who is the founder of Senorita. Senorita is a solidarity project comprised of girls helping other girls succeed, specifically by raising money through the sale of jewelry to fund the education of Peruvian girls living in orphanages. Cookie herself is originally from Peru and lends her previous experience creating a successful company offering decadent cupcakes and also many years of volunteer experience to this social entrepreneurial adventure. She joins us today from Dallas, Texas. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, Cookie, before the break, we talked a bit about how you started this particular venture. I really want to understand next some of the problems that you're really trying to address there in Peru. So, um, I want our listeners to be able to, you know, kind of come into your world a little bit, if you will. So, um, if you think about what's what really underlies your mission and your purpose at, at Senorita, can you give us kind of the reality of what women face in Peru today that you're trying to address? Yeah, of course. I, I actually would love to share that. Um, well, the the problem is that even though female education has a substantial economic return and a broader social benefit, girls in Peru are not getting the same education as boys. So the lack of education is, is it's bigger and it's increasing. So that's one of the biggest problems that Peru is facing right now, especially in the rural areas. 
And and let's let me just grab that really quick. Why? I mean, what's what's fueling this? Why are girls less educated than boys? I I would think especially in the rural areas that I would think that the boys would be called to you maybe perhaps work in the uh, in the field on the farm because they're maybe stronger mm-hmm. and girls would maybe I don't know. I so I, I'm a little little surprised. Why is what's the difference? Well, the difference. Uh, well, actually, when it comes to um, especially girls who live in orphanage, the problem that they're facing as well is like once they turn eighteen, they need to uh, leave the orphanage, and all their life they've been going to school and straight to the orphanage, so they haven't really been able to be out there. It's actually it's harder for the female. Uh, for the girls who live in orphanage to get out there to the world. And when the boys, they're easier for them. I don't know, I guess it's just permission or they, they trust them, they'll be able to deal better on the streets. But when it comes to the girls, they just either like, either they are the orphanage house or they're in school. So once they turn 18, they need to leave and they don't have any social skills or they don't have even a skill to get a good job. So most of them just end up on the streets or just not having a really good job. And as a woman, we, you know, we, we need to, um, as a, most of the women, sometimes they actually return to the orphanage, but with, with, with pregnancy, like they actually get pregnant and the story repeats again. So it's mm. becoming a circle that is not ending. Mm. Wow, it's the negative downward spiral that we all have heard about, know about, and maybe have found ourselves in once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. th- so the actual the actual numbers. I want to make sure that we that we look at this here. I uh, looking at your website here. I think you said that. And you tell me if I've got this right or, or not right. But um, a thirty three point seven percent illiteracy rate, right? So a, a yes. third of the population is actually illiterate. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Wow. Yes. Wow. Um, you know, that's, again, something we so take for granted in the sense that, you know, everything around us is is, is words or something that we can, act, and we use that to interpret and navigate our worlds. So people that are illiterate, then what, what do they have in front of them, Kuki? What can, what can they do? I mean, obviously, they're working and they're getting by and they're living, but so how, what do they do? Uh, that's, that's, something that, uh, that's something that is missing. You know, because the number is pretty big, and uh, there's definitely something missing there that is still they haven't figured out how to solve it. Otherwise, the number will will go lower and lower. So, um, you know, I when it comes to Senorita, we know we, we cannot fix big things right now. You know, but we got to start from from like little. So um, that way, uh, the story doesn't repeat again. So that. Illiterate rate, I think it will go down when mothers can educate their kids. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the future generations will not have the same issue. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure, right? And you, as you said before, I mean, it's well documented that when women receive education, the benefits cascade greatly into a society. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, that's just well demonstrated in the literature. Um, the mm-hmm. other thing that I that you told me about that I think is really interesting that uh, that you already kind of somewhat alluded to, but not not directly that I know compounds the problem here. You told me that forty nine percent of the women have suffered domestic violence, so half of the population. Yes, well, that's Actually, astounding usually, to me. Yeah, four out of ten or five out of ten in the uh, but that's kind of the number. And the reason is because women, uh, you know, I mean, in rural er- in rural areas, the education is so low that um, women just believe that they, uh, uh, they they don't have the education, they don't have something to sustain themselves. So they just stay home and deal with whatever situation is going on there. Mm-hmm. And there's only actually 20% of those cases that go to the police station. The rest of the cases, they're still dealing at home. So, and they just feel like they cannot do anything about it because they don't have a job, they have their, they, have, they need to feed their kids, and there's no way out. And they just started getting used to that. So, is there first um, order then to go and find a partner? Is that what tends to happen? Uh, it's either with their partners or even with, with, I mean, family members. There's so many different cases, but... Uh, yeah, definitely. When it comes to um, 
woman is domestic violence. Um, gosh, that's just so hard to get my head around and, and accept, right? It's just half of the population. I just can't imagine what that does to the mentality and the and the morale of the population. How do the women put one foot after the other? Exactly. And uh, we don't come together and try to find a solution. I mean, the number can just increase and, and we cannot let that happen. It's, it's, a, it's a sad, um, it's, it's really sad, it breaks our heart, but feeling sad is not going to do anything. That's why we need to take action. Mm-hmm. Completely agree and absolutely on board with that. And I'm hoping that there are listeners here on that are tuning in that pick this up and somehow want to be involved because right? you certainly need help and and it's an enormous problem. And speaking of enormous, I don't even, do you have any idea how many people live in Peru? What's the population of Peru? Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's 38 as of right now. 38 what? Um, million? Yes, 38 million people. Really? Wow, goodness. I wouldn't have thought that was mm-hmm. that big. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's really important to understand that. That's if, ooh, gosh, half the pop, that means that, yeah, if you if you extrapolate the math, we've got a lot of people that are in, in pretty dire need then. Um, so now when I think about what you're trying to do here, Kuki, all the more reason that I think it's it's fascinating that what you're doing is, when you think about that you're trying to help fund tuition, books, transportation, um, and you, know, you even mentioned emotional mentoring. So tell yes. us a bit about this emotional mentoring. What's that look like and how does it take place? Well, definitely, we have, um, definitely, when it comes to emotional education, that's very important because, um, yeah, we can give them the books, we can give them education, but when they go home and they feel lonely, they feel like they can, they don't have somebody to talk to, they, they get depressed. And if we, since they don't have the family, they need to get that type of support somewhere else. So what Senorita does, every single girl has their own mentor. They meet twice a month. Um, they either go out for ice cream. They also, like, they meet all the, all the girls together with all the mentors. They do an activity together just to check, like, how they're really doing, like, what's deeply in their heart. We know, I mean, right now we can see their grades. They're getting really good grades. Everybody, all of, all of the girls are putting a lot of effort. But for us, it's also really important what's going on in their heart, you know? Not having a family can make a huge difference. Um, most most of the time, negative impact. So we really want to know like uh, what's going on, and uh, and see what's the best way for us to help them. That way, the feeling of missing a family uh, will not impact on their education. And that goes back to the positive association that we started with earlier, right? The importance of surrounding ourselves with people who are going to cheer us on versus tell us we can't do it. Correct. Exactly. That's very important. Mm-hmm. I can well imagine that if absent that that emotional mentoring, that if you, if you try to put these ladies into a place where they go back into that environment, that probably isn't supportive. And certainly if they are still experiencing domestic violence, I I can imagine that the, that the completion rate must be incredibly low absent that mentoring. Yeah, definitely. It will, it will mm. make a um, big impact. In your in your organization, Cookie, and when you talk to people, do you do you talk about how when women are educated and literate, how it cascades to improvements across the country? Do you sort of is that part of what you address when you're out evangelizing your project? Yes, I mean that, that's a big thing because those are the the outcomes. You know, it's not just us getting scholarships, but where after getting the scholarship, like what's going to happen? And definitely, when we um, when when anybody, like, when a woman is educated, a girl is educated, I mean, the future, we, you're creating future educated generations, you know? You also, uh, since we're dealing with young girls between the ages of 17 and 18, it will also decrease their maternal mortality, you mm. know? They will be focusing on, like, going to school, how can you uh, continue getting better, the... Uh, you know, personal development, and just to continue growing and not much focusing on, like, they're trying to get maybe, you know, the family love, maybe they find a boyfriend and they want to start a family at a very early age when they don't really know what's supposed what, what, to have a family yet, you know? Also, when it comes to uh, 
it will definitely decrease the domestic and, uh, and sexual violence. You know, they will, they will be able to, you know, to raise their voice in, in case a situation comes in. And they will have this support system because the mentors will be there. We're, like, we're here to help in case of the situation. And just as a general, like when it comes to our country, like it will improve social economic growth, you know. They will have a better job. They will offer good things for their family. And they will pay their taxes. <laughs> so that's even and they will pay their taxes. Is that what you said? <laughs> because, I mean, they're going to have a better job. So I guess when a woman is educated, everybody wins. Everybody will win. Well, and I certainly absolutely agree with that. And the other thing that I think is just so important that I wanted you to talk about is, you know, the, the you're addressing something very specific. And you think, and I, when we think about the socioeconomic cascade into your into and across your country, that that ripple that we hope becomes a wave, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, as a woman, of course, and having had the wonderful experience of being able to travel across much of of the globe, not all of it by any stretch, still still so much for me to see, but. To recognize that when women don't get access to an education, when they feel that, when they feel, or, or frankly, just don't have very many other um, ways to be able to get out of an abusive life, um, the whole world loses, right? All of us lose because of that inexpression, exactly. and because of, and because of that, the misery that comes with that, and. Um, one of the things I tell my thirteen-year-old daughter all the time, and you sort of alluded to it before, is. You know, we're very, very fortunate that we live in a time and we live in an, in an area, we live in a country where really, you know, we just don't have any reason not to be able to really make a make a fantastic life. And and therefore, I tell her, you know, you, you, it's it's your responsibility to do something with your life, right? I mean, you owe it to right. all the rest of the women out there who don't have access to those kinds of resources. If you don't do it for yourself, do it for everybody else that doesn't have that voice. Exactly. And mm. yeah, I mean... This is an amazing country that gives you great opportunities. Like you say, you can grow. It's really up to you how much you want to grow. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, like you have a gift. And the best thing you can do with your gift is share it with the other people that don't have the same blessings as you do. And that just gives you a purpose. It's the purpose of life, you know? Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that, Kuki. And you know, when I when I think about, of course, here, what's what's the purpose of my show? It's called you know, working on purpose, and it really is. I mean, we talk a lot in in, in these conversations about the United States being kind of a, a purpose starved um, place. So we've gotten to the place where we can feed ourselves. And in fact, the you know, the obesity problem is 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 well documented. Yeah. But what we don't often have is we're not necessarily, all of us anyway, striving toward living a life full of purpose. Now, more people want that and and are working toward it, which is part of the reason I host this show, and to bring on guests Mm -hmm. like you who are doing just that. Because what I hope is by bringing on people like you, Kuki, that those listeners that are thinking, gosh, I want to do something more with my life, but, 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 I'm hoping that part of what they get from the show is the inspiration to do it. That's what I hope. Yeah, no, you're definitely doing that, and um, you, I mean, sometimes I heard, like, when, when I have money or when I have time, I will do things like that, but if you, if you continue thinking like that, you're never going to do it. You just have to create. You need to create the time. You need to create the money. You need to maybe sacrifice some of your commodities or some things that you like to spend your money on, and trust me, you will be, like, you, you you will be happier. You don't have to be rich to help others. <laughs> what a wonderful line. And let's go ahead and cut for another break here because afterwards I want to talk more about your actual enterprise here. But it is time for a break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Estefania Cuki Villafuerte, who is the founder of Senorita. Senorita is a solidarity project comprised of girls helping other girls succeed, specifically by raising money through the sale of jewelry to fund the education of Peruvian girls living in orphanages. We've been talking a bit about some of the problems that she's trying to address in Peru. After the break, we're going to talk more specifically about how her operation really works to support her efforts. Stay with us. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Estefania Cuki Villafuerte, who is the founder of Senorita. Senorita is a solidarity project comprised of girls helping other girls succeed, specifically by raising money through the sale of jewelry to fund the education of Peruvian girls living in orphanages. Cookie herself is originally from Peru and lends her previous experience creating a successful company offering decadent cupcakes and also many years of volunteer experience to her social entrepreneurial adventure. She joins us today from Dallas, Texas. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, Cookie, for this last segment here, I really wanted to get more into detail about Senorita and what it, how it is you actually started and how you actually execute on your mission. So we already said a little bit before about, you know, where the idea came from. But just before the break, you were talking about, you know, there's no time like the president. Sometimes we just have to kind of create the time and the moment to do something. So what was the actual impetus that got you to start, Senorita? Well, I was uh, still living in Peru, and I wanted to come back to the States because my family lives here. But I still wanted to work with the girls that live in orphanage. So I cannot be in two places at the same time. What can I do? So what I did, I actually, I saw the cupcake factory, and with the money that I was able to get from that, uh, from that, I was like, well, let's create a project. It was, uh, I, to be honest, I don't know exactly how it was going to be the project back then, but little by little it started forming. So what happened, I was like, okay, well, what's something that is, uh, that, uh, that everybody likes, all the girls like? I'm like, definitely Yuri. So I was like, let's do, uh, let's create a website where we serve good quality of selling silver Yuri. And with the funds, we can pay for the higher education of these girls. That way, uh, I can be here in the States and also helping the girls at the same time. And- so, uh, so I was planning everything in Peru, uh, and then I was able to move here and start creating, uh, continue creating the project. Okay, so what year are we talking about? When did you start all this? That was last year. That was the end of last year, and uh, I moved back to the United States in November, and the website was up and running in April of this year. Oh so my it's gosh. only been a couple a couple months that the website has been open. Oh, that's it's incredibly fresh. Okay, so and a few more follow-on comments then, um, to make sure that our listeners heard that. So you, what you offer is silver earrings. Is that what you said? Yes, we sell um, a sterling silver uh, earring. Earrings. Okay. And did I hear you right, Cookie? That that part of the way that you've been able to fund this is from the sale of your cupcake factory. Is that what you said? Yes, correct. That's okay. where I get the fund from to create a project. Okay. I think that is fantastic and, and, and dynamite. I, I think the fact that you, as a very young entrepreneur, was able to create a business there in Peru that allowed you to be able to develop your own business acumen and then to be able to sell it, to be able to come back to the United States and create the Solidarity Project, I think is incredibly inspiring, Kuki, really. Oh, thank you, Liz. Yeah. And again, you know, something that I hope our listeners are like, you know, gosh, if she can do that, I can do this. I can I can go after the, the, the thing that I keep talking about for the last five or 10 years. <laughs> That's what I hope anyway. And I, re- and I really wish that because I'm not I'm going to be straight. I, I was never the A student. I was not the person that had everything solved. I 
I didn't even know how to open a, a company. You just have to have the desire and go for it. And trust me, God will put people in your way to help you out. So you will never be alone. You just have to trust and continue going forward. Mm-hmm. And to add to that, the one thing that I certainly know um, in terms of my own experience and, and maybe also in speaking with you is we do have to find a way to open our mouths, right, to be able to let people know what we're doing, right, so that they have some idea um, so that, frankly, we can enroll them, right? I mean, that's part of what we have to do is, in other words, yes, you know, I, I absolutely totally believe that people will come into our paths and help us, but it sure helps a lot more when we can actually let people know what it is that we're up to. Yes, definitely. So when when it comes to the project, um, we're starting uh, with the online story, okay? But um, the project is for everybody. You know, if you're an accountant or if you have a des- if you're a designer or any skill that you have and you would like to share it with somebody, the project is here open to everybody. You know, we're going to find ways for everybody to be involved. You don't need to give this. You don't need to really buy necessarily a jewelry or you don't need to uh, really give a donation. If you just want to share your skill, it will be, like, very appreciated and welcome to the project. So mm-hmm. there are many different ways how you can be involved in this amazing project. Well, I want to talk more in detail about what it is that you've created here. So there's a couple things that I want to situate that I think are important for our listeners to understand. One, mm-hmm. you are absolutely engaged in social entrepreneurialism. I mean, that is something that I think is you know, a, a fairly newer, newer emerging phenomenon. I did have a guest on my show a few weeks ago that's also a social entrepreneur. Um, uh-huh. And it's just, I think it's something that's really catching fire. And then the other piece, of course, is the fact that you call this a solidarity project. And I will tell you, I had never heard of that phrase before, a solidarity project. It makes complete sense when I know that you're trying to bring together women to be able to address education for a specific population, but I've never heard that phrase before. Where'd that come from? Well, the thing is that we didn't want... Senorita is not a, it's not a business where uh, we are trying to, to to sell a lot of jewelry. You know, the plan of Senorita is to help as many girls as possible. So that's the plan. It's not a business... Well, it's more like a, a community and a project to help other people. But to be able to do so, to do so, we need to get funds. Um, that's where how uh, we can get donations. But also, sometimes donations don't come often, so we need to sell something. You know, that way we can create the funds. So that's how we decide to open the online store. So help us understand, Cookie, your, your actual organizational model or your platform of how you do um, conduct business, if you will. So obviously you're procuring jewelry from somewhere and you're reselling it somewhere as one part of it. Yes. So help us understand kind of what you've created here for a platform. Okay, so the way we obtain funds for the scholarships, it's um, by selling the jewelry on our website at uh, senoritaperu.com. So that's 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 the story, and with the with the with the um, with the sales, that's how we pay for the scholarships. Another way is also through donations, and the third way, like I mentioned, is just donating your gift to the project or your talent, your skill. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Where does the jewelry come from? Where do you source the jewelry? Is it made in Peru, or is it someplace or someplace else? Yes, everything is made to, in Peru. Is a Peruvian stolen silver, and we actually uh, we also use natural stones. Everything comes and is made in Peru. Actually, Peruvian stolen silver is a really good good quality of uh, stolen silver. So what we offering is not just any jewelry. We actually offering a really good quality of stolen silver, and the natural stones are just they just add uh, they just look beautiful. Very very nice natural stones with the jewelry. And how did you find your sources or source, however you wow. the jewelry? You know what? It was, it was very challenging because uh, I'm not from the capital, and all of this is made in the capital. So one day, I just took a bus, a 17-hour drive, uh, and I went to the capital and just started walking in downtown, asking people, what should I do? Where should I go? 
And uh, when you ask that kind of questions, for some reason, people think that you're trying to be their competition. So people will not give me any type of information where I can I get somebody who can make really good quality of soil and soil urine. And um, I remember that I had a friend that had a story in my city. So I just gave her a call. I told her my situation. And she made me promise I will never share her contact. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my goodness. You're, because I know, like, she really takes care of her store and everything for her is very unique. So she was very nice for, uh, She was very nice and shared her contact with me. And it was, like, in the middle of nowhere. So I actually took a taxi and went to the middle of nowhere. It's this, <laughs> this random house. And, yeah, the... The factory was there, and the uh, guy who opened the door was, like, one of the nicest guys ever. I explained about what I was going to do, and he helped me out, and and that's how it went. <laughs> wow, Cookie. I'm so glad I asked that question. I was trying to envision just where it all came from, and obviously, you don't say anything else. We don't want to know where the rest of this stuff comes from because we want to make sure that you keep your word to your friend. But um, <laughs> it's wonderful to hear how you went on literally that that investigative journey to be able to find your your source. And I think even the fact yeah. that you decided to specifically offer jewelry, I think is in and of itself just fascinating. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Alice. Another thing that I want to help our listeners understand here. So you're specifically trying to raise money for scholarships for the girls. So do you, are you helping them apply for their schools, find the schools? Is there, what other parts of, do you offer to the girls that you serve? Okay, so uh, everything, everybody, all the girls are right now are going to the same school, okay? Uh, it's actually, it's a really well-known school in the city. So they're not just going to any school. They're going to a really good school where they're teaching them a specific skill. So right now we're starting with three girls. Two of them are starting to be chefs, and one is starting to, be, to become an accountant. Okay. What the scholarship provides is it covers the entire situation, also, it covers their transportation, their uniforms, and their books. So it covers all, all the, the scholarship covers all of that. Okay, and they're all going to the same school. Is that right? Yes, they're all going to the same school. Okay, that's fantastic. Do they know each other? Do they are they connected? Yes, they they know each other because uh, all the girls meet together once a month with all their mentors. Each okay. girl meets with their own mentor individually once a month, and they also have a group meeting once a month. That way they can, you know, become friends, uh, really um, really feel the support system from the program, and they do things together. Like we celebrate their birthdays. Uh, in August, we have two birthdays. We celebrate August birthdays. Um, so we try to do activities. And also, this, for example, this month, they do, we, sometimes we have somebody who will give them a, uh, a class. For example, this month, the, the topic is how to manage your time. So somebody will come and talk to them about it so that way they can have more education when it comes to their time. So each month is a different topic. So where are they in this process? Are they, are they just starting their, their education or how yes. long have they been in school? They, they just finished their first semester. So they start in school this March, and they just finished their first semester, and next week is starting the next, the next semester. This is so exciting, Cookie, that we, lit- we literally get to speak with you just as this is all being launched. This is really amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm actually very happy because they all finished with really good grades, and uh, when because we we keep we keep in contact uh, often, so they just uh, share with them like how how good they feel like with their classes, the new things that they're learning, and it's just it's just amazing. It's very fulfilling. You know, I can appreciate that it's very fulfilling, and and I I I, um, I wonder. You know, I know that you you're getting help here and there, but. Um, in, but so much of it is you are the standing rock, right? So how can mm-hmm. anybody that's listening, what can they do? That You mentioned that if they've got skills that they could offer, if, if they want to buy the jewelry, of course, you offer some beautiful jewelry. Um, they can certainly donate dollars. Any, any other ways yes. that our listeners can help? Yes. I mean, uh, right now, like we, we, our project is very clear. It's very small. 
so far we can only be able to help three girls. That's that's what we started this this year. Our plan for next year is to double that to get three more girls who can get a higher education. But for be able to do that, like yeah, we need we need help. First, either you can go to our website, senoritaperu.com, and buy jewelry. Second, you can also give donations. And or third, you can actually just give uh, give your skill. You know, like I mentioned, if you are an accountant or you're a, a graphic designer, a photographer, or you just wanna just wanna help, that's a big skill because to be to wanna be able to help and dedicate your time, that's that that takes a lot of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So um, it does. It's. Uh, the program is really for everybody. They just have a big heart, and they're really to to help others. And we'll find a way. And um, and yeah. So if when they go to their web to your website, then Cookie, they can find a way to, to actually contact you either by either by email or by phone. Is that right? Yes, on their website is our email. Uh, also, you can go on our website. You, it's going to send you the link. We have a Facebook page. You can also send me a message, and I'll be the one personally answering those emails and those messages. So wow. um, it will be more personalized. Okay, great. Well, that wraps us up here for our conversation, Cookie. I really am so glad to have you on the show and get to talk, get to hear you talk about your passion, your love, and hopefully we inspire just a few of our listeners to take their dream to the next level. So thank you very much for joining us today. Oh no, it's my pleasure. It was a, my pleasure meeting you too. I, um, you're a great woman. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, thank God for your show. Uh, it's definitely making a difference, and uh, we will see you soon. Thank you, yes. And so for listeners, um, again, if you want to visit her website, she told you before, it's Senorita Peru. So it's S-E-N-O-R-I-T-A-P-E-R-U.com. Um, a great example of somebody who is really stewarding a future for all of us. So thank you. Very great example of somebody truly working on purpose. See you next week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.